Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. It is Friday, and you know what that means. I am bringing on a collector who is bringing some knowledge, some insights, some stories about the way he collects his process, all those things. I'm joined by my man, Paul. You know him at Wordle Combat on IG. He is in my Manning chat. We always have a good time chopping it up and figured, you know what? Now is a good time to learn from you. A lot of experience, a lot of badass cards. You're going to want to listen to this one. If you like what I'm doing over here, do all those things. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you enjoy stacking slabs podcast without further ado let's kick into the conversation what is up everyone welcome back to the podcast i am excited i am joined it's like going down the list and just getting them all on but i i eventually bring someone on um every now and again from my peyton manning group and i'm joined by a collector coming off the heels of our top 10 shiny insert um showcase that our buddy the captain 37 kevin randall hosted um i'm joined by Paul Wardle, probably the coolest uh, Instagram uh, handle in the hobby, perhaps. I'm giving you some flowers right out of the gates. Uh, you can find him at Wardle Combat. We're going to talk about just he's he's just been in the hobby for a while. He, he makes a lot of moves, constant activity, has a badass PC. We're going to get into a lot of different topics. But without further ado, Paul, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And thanks for having me. I, it's funny because uh, the last person that got on here, well, there's a few guests now was uh, Barry Bright. And I said, I said, uh, did you ask to get on there or did you get invited? And, and he was like, hey, screw you, man. Like if he invited me. I was like, damn, I was like, I never got an invite. So this is uh, long overdue. So thank you, Brett. I'm calling you out at the gate here. And thank you for the for the nice words. But, uh, you know, maybe we won't have some nice words after this. But we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes. So, so I, it's funny. It, I, I don't pick people. I, I typically pick topics and it was like, for, for you, it was, I was sitting there and I was like thinking about my own collecting and you get in these modes where you just like buy it. We're going to get into a little background on you. So people know like what you collect and who you are, but like I get in these modes and it's just like these buying sprees. And then all of a sudden you spend all this cash and you buy all these cards and then eventually it's like, shit, I got to sell some stuff. I, and then I go back and now I'm in selling mode. So it's like, I feel like you, you, watching your page, you're constantly like sharing new pieces, selling some stuff. So I don't know, like, is that, have you, we're going to get into the details behind that, but like, is that how, how you've always operated in the hobby? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to it. I, I think a lot of my answers are probably not going to be just one answer. It, it's a very broad net that I cast. You know, I think when it comes to me, I was collected young. So I find interest in $1 cards and $1 million cards, you know, when it comes to just things that are on the market, not that I'd ever owned or could afford a $1 million card, but they do interest me. <laughs> so I think that helps a lot to kind of keep me engaged at any financial situation I'm in. Any, I just think it's fun to shop the dollar box, to do the high end showcase whatever it is that kind of fits where I am at the moment. And, you know, I do overstretch myself a lot. The credit card was like the best and worst thing to ever happen sometimes, you know what I mean? Like 
I'm very thankful that that I had it. And other times it it kind of feels like it's dragging you down. But you know, you got to make some moves. And I think when it comes to like who I collect, I think that I first got back into the hobby looking who I thought was the best value. The first people I really started collecting were Albert Pujols and Peyton Manning. Um, I just thought their accolades, what they did on the field was just incredible. And at that time, there was prospects and people coming up selling for the same price they did. So luckily, I didn't go through a, a huge learning curve of trying to prospect and then getting burnt. I kind of was lucky enough. And I, I don't want to say I had the wit about it because I did have good people around me that I confided in as well. But um, I got in early on some really good players and, and did well. And I was able to kind of sit on things because they were my PC. And then it gets to a point, sometimes they make you an offer you can't refuse or something gets a card gets to a point where you didn't, you didn't even imagine it, or maybe you had it in your head that it would be this number in 20 years, but it's that number in six months, you know what I mean? Eight months, two years. So it's constantly changing. I kind of, because I have such a, a variety of stuff, I feel like I, I'm kind of equipped at any point in time to make a move that I think makes sense, which is really nice in a down market, up market, what season it is with the sport, who's hot. You know, uh, there's, there's different benchmarks that numbers that are coming up with, you know, home runs or goals or this and that. And that takes time. I mean, I've been doing this, I think, for 13 years, like back at it. So, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. I, I'm kind of a mixture between flipping things over and holding things. I kind of lead, lean towards long-term. That's just how I think when it comes to collecting and investing, which I participate in the hobby as both investing and collecting. So yeah, I just had a lot of fun and, and surrounded myself with really smart people that I trust. And I've learned a lot and I still learn every day. It's, it's awesome. I want to like ask you something. So the Pujols and Manning targets and the reasons why you started co- collecting them and buying them make sense. And, you know, you mentioned value buying. I think that that topic is maybe something that's not necessarily discussed enough in the hobby. I'm, I'm participating in that with Philip Rivers right now, where it's like looking at his numbers, top 10 touchdowns, top 10 passing yards. Yeah. He never had a Super Bowl, but like you, I can literally get like, any badass Philip Rivers card and I'm not breaking the bank. So I, it makes me want to do it more and more and more. Um, so maybe like share on your perspective, from your perspective, like when you're value buying, like what types of things are you looking at and, and what's your approach? Well, this is the hottest word in the hobby is comps, right? So people think comps mean this exact card to this exact card. You can use a comp on any card to compare something else, right? That's what a comp is. It's a comparison. So when you bring up someone like Philip Rivers, I, I always target it. I like targeting LaDainley and Tomlinson in the same way. I thought he compared really well to the greatest running backs of all time. So you, you talk about those guys and there's a point where you can get super fractors and stuff for a hundred bucks or, or, or whatever the number is in relative to, you know, maybe not comparing them to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, but similar people in the class. That's what it is. I mean, when you get plugged in and you're researching things night after night, have your save searches and eBay's, you kind of learn someone's specific market. It doesn't only 
teach you that player's market. It kind of teaches you the market around you in a similar set, right? You got the same Yes. You got the same class. You know what I mean? So, you know, without, hey, let me, if it makes sense, a lot of times just buy it too. I mean, you know, you, you don't have to look up, oh, well, uh, Philip Rivers, Super Factor, 150 bucks. Like that's a really freaking good deal, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on, you know? So, uh, you know, sometimes you overthink, but really if you just, it's a wide net and it's not so simple as just saying like, how much does this sell for? You know what I mean? So, so totally. It sounds like from listening to you talk, it sounds like a lot of like you, what, how you, you operate is it's, it's almost taking advantage of the kind of like the mainstream activity of the hobby where it's like, you know, if people are prospecting or buying these young guys for, you know, crazy prices, you're kind of going in the other direction and you're looking at hall of famers, career accolades of players that maybe don't have like strong um, networks of people collecting them and player collecting like player collecting them. But you perhaps like it's in a bad asset. It's a parallel that you maybe appreciate in of another player you collect. So it's kind of like this, this web perhaps is, do I have that about right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I really think like over time, even if these people don't have big collector bases, I think that changes. If, if they're an all-star player on a team for several years, there's probably some big collectors out there, you know? And I think that people start to get back into the hobby at a certain age. So it kind of comes in, in cycles like, uh, you know, 80s are coming back. I think, granted, that's the junk era, right? So it's hard to, to identify rare or, or mm. you know, valuable cards in that era. But you got the 90s that still has an incredible runway, in my opinion, the early 2000s. And it's going to happen with stuff now. I mean, just Philip Rivers is a great example. I mean, those were probably, that was probably 50,000 people's favorite player for mm-hmm. a decade or more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. a big statement. <laughs> I mean, you, you you don't think about it from that lens, and I'm I'm not here to pump up Philip Rivers, but I I do want to <laughs> say like you you think about Brady, right? And I know you partake in some Brady, but like without if if Brady like I sent this I think to our group chat. There was a clip from a, a podcast I was listening to, and it was like going through the scenarios if like Brady and the Pats didn't exist, like the qualifications and the accolades at Peyton Manning. Pillars, all these quarterbacks would have. So I think like it's fair, especially in that era where the Patriots absolutely dominated, to maybe like take a step back and be like, okay, well, some of these guys might not have won a Super Bowl, but look at like look at what they did for their team. Like they like Philip Rivers like changed a franchise. So I think like it's not just Philip Rivers, there's a lot of other players. And I know you you're an Ovechkin guy and a Caps fan. So it's like targeting those players that maybe don't have 10 championships, but have done a lot for the franchise that they were at for a decade plus. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about it, you know, some of the players I collect, they're, they're for different reasons too. Like when I got in, it was Manning Pujols and it was also a Vetchkin. I do try to, it's funny and I'm funny in this way. I kind of steer away from the teams that I really love just because I'm always afraid I'll go completely overboard. And that has been the case with Ovechkin. But I felt a little more comfortable after the cup win. And, and there was so much emotion involved with that that I would just went literally all in. And I, it's been one of the best things I've ever done, uh, you know, within the hobby. But, you know, when you get, I collect Gretzky and Brady, those, I collect those because they're 
goat, right? I mean, it's almost, you can't argue it. It's very, very hard to argue it. And then guys like Ovechkin and Manning and Moss, those are guys that I thought were good value that I, that I enjoyed watching that I thought were among the best, but, you know, maybe not the goat, um, you know, and then Albert Pujols, that was really one of the first guys. I don't really have any emotional connection with him specifically, but that was the best player in the game when I joined back in the hobby, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, I try to take a lot of different things into account and uh, you can learn a lot from basketball collectors. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. You know, I, I really think that when I, for a few years, I kind of thought, man, these basketball collectors, they're crazy. They're, they're insane. But then the more I thought about it and looked into it, I kind of think they might be the most savvy. They basketball puts heavy stock into sets and rare sets, which I adore set collectors in the hobby. I think it's so cool. Um, and, and it really keeps things afloat across, right? So you got like, you know, of course, people are going to focus on these players, but then when you got sets that are selling well, I think that really just like is a whole experience of collecting, you know, and they look for things that look cool. I mean, it's simple as that. It looks cool. That's why we got into this thing in the first place, sure. right? It freaking looks cool. So I, I learn a lot from that and I try to translate some of that popularity and see what's popular. And then I fall in love in the process and kind of try to apply that to each player, each sport. Um, so it's really cool how things progress and age too. Um, so I don't I want, know. I, I want to, I want to dig into the the craziness of your Ovechkin collecting because you said something there that I know can strike a chord with a lot of people where you people just go nuts and because it's their favorite I've been in this position so many people have been in this position because they're your favorite team you just start going nuts on a player and I love how you probably before Ovechkin I'm assuming maybe went down that road and it wasn't so great and so you restrict held yourself and said I'm not going to do this again then Ovechkin came maybe share like from your perspective, like how much he means to you. And then like, how crazy are we talking when we're, when we're thinking about like your PC and maybe some stories that go along with it. Oh man. I just hope my wife's not watching. I won't talk too many numbers, but (laughs) yo, I will say, man, Ovechkin, he really, he changed the city. I, I think that, I think we had some hope. So, so the history of the capitals real quick. You know, so we we came we came on the scene in the seventies. We sucked. We were terrible. We were, we got a very good team in the eighties, and we were always destroyed by the Islanders for the most part. Never made it, you know, to the championship to the finals. Finally, we get around to the finals all the way in ninety eight. We get swept by probably one of the greatest dynasties in all sports, the Detroit Red Wings. So we go into a depression after that. We we are very terrible, and we happen to get the top draft pick in 2004 and the NHL is on strike. They don't play for a whole season. So the best player in the world that we drafted, that was going to start at the year at the age of 18, we can't even watch. Right. So come the next year, Sidney Crosby's drafted and you got two heavyweights coming up, you know? So it was wild. We sucked still. We, the reason why I'm a big caps fan, I told you we sucked so bad. If, if you went to the grocery store and bought like three gallons of milk, you got four free tickets. So we would go all the time, weeknights, whatever. It didn't matter. You know, even as a kid, my parents were like, 
this is important. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when we finally won that championship, you know, I think we were talking about he had similar narrative to Manning. Can he ever win the big game? Wow, he's great, but it's it's another Marino. It's it's another, you know, I don't know some of the comparisons, Barkley, whatever, um, Ewing. And when he finally won that championship, I I just went all in. I really did. I, I actually sold all my stuff mid-year 2018 when they won the championship because every year I was able to accumulate Ovechkin, sell when he had an awesome season, which was inevitable. And then I would reload on the off season. And every now and then I would put stuff aside. But 2018 specifically, I thought our team, I said, out of all teams, this team has no chance. This ain't it. So I sold everything midseason because Ovechkin was playing great. His stuff was going up. They won the championship. And I have been collecting them ever since, even though I started from zero after they won the championship. So it probably makes up as far as my personal collection out of all the players I collect, which I heavily collect. I'm looking at my list now, eight to 10 players. It's probably 60% of my whole collection now, which is probably thousands of cards. So I went insane with it. With the highest card probably being a PMG green with, you know, one just sold for $35,000, which was probably even a good deal. That's another thing about hockey that took off. That's a different story, but um, yeah, but it's been one of the funnest things. It's something I've avoided all this time just because I was so scared to jump in and you're right. You know, Primarily, I, I collected when they were called the Redskins, you know, guys I love like Ken Harvey and Terry Allen, like people don't even know these guys, but they were like my I, Brian Mitchell. These were like my my dudes. And, you know, they're not worth anything. I, I love them. You know I mean? did, were, did, were, did you learn before RG3 or did you jump on the RG3 train? Oh, man. You know, the only thing I did with RG3 and I never do this. I always buy like great jerseys because like i wear i I was like i'm like a jersey collector kind of too i bought one of my best friends in rg3 jersey i gave a speech i said this is different this is our quarterback you know what i mean i was like you're gonna rock this for a decade you know what i mean so it yeah that that got pretty bad i mean oh that's just i mean i know you have a lot of pain from that too (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah we don't need to get into that so you you did you said something in your ovechkin uh monologue about the fact that you would like i find this interesting that you would they would be doing great he'd be doing great and then you'd sell and you had like because you're taking advantage of like the interest was it how are you able to do that especially since he was the best player on your squad was it because there was in your other player club there was something bigger and better out there that you were trying to go after like how are you able to get yourself to do that well it had to do there was a lot of bitterness <laughs> and doubt you know what i mean i mean i just especially with that 2018 specifically i just didn't think we were the team and i now i, I love those guys i actually just want like sign pucks of that whole team that's that's the project i'm gonna get into but uh yeah, I mean, it wasn't that bad for me because actually kind of earlier on too, I, I really exclusively focused on rookies. And that was actually probably one of my biggest collecting mistakes I've ever made. Um, and I'm glad that I've opened up to other things. But at that time, Ovechkin 
was so available and it was it was so transactional there none of this stuff was really hard to find that i was looking for at least so the stuff that i was left with in mid 2018 were all things that i could get i mean i probably had like 30 psa 10 young guns you know what i mean that i'd bought for 80 to 150 a piece and they were selling for 500 bucks a piece that said now's the time you know yes. so so you know but now i mean they're i don't know what they're doing now seven eight thousand dollars it's crazy um but i would have never dreamed of that you know what i mean and but that's okay it's okay i'm very happy with what i have and where we landed but actually at that same time i started to open up my mind to other things short prints shiny stuff inserts and i was actually able to, to use a lot of those proceeds to target things that were completely different that i don't think were on people's radars at all and i was able to get some really marquee pieces for pennies on the dollar and it was really at the time some things i targeted because i was like wow this could be worth a fortune and other things i was like wow that looks so cool i can't believe it's like i can add all of these for that cost and just you know look at them and be happy and display them um so it, it was a perfect storm. I think. I think. I think right around 2018 is when I made that shift to just get away from all the rookies. I was doing a lot of like, you know, just the base rookie because when I, we were growing up, right when we were young, a player had one rookie, and that was their rookie. You know what I mean? So I came in with that mindset early on that like I just want everybody's rookie guard. Totally. So you mentioned that you moved from rookie cards, then you like moved into shiny stuff and stuff that just like you, that looked cool. So you've been in the, the game for 13 plus years. And so like we it's this evolution of the hobby, right? There's always these advancements we go through and growth and we start to see things different. We meet people, look in other directions, like being in the hobby for for you, the run you've had and all the turns and evolutions like. I'm I'm sure like you're still going through those learnings and like new stuff interests you, but like what what do you think throughout this process of like being involved and in buying, selling, trading, moving into a group of cards, collecting? Like what what do you think like your most important like light bulb moment has been throughout the process? Man, that's tough. I, I'll maybe I'll get there. I can't think of anything specific but i will say holistically as the hobby grows it's funny to see the parallels in my personal collecting with the if you step back and look at the hobby as a whole as within maybe the last you know 5 years let's say the way that i think the mass is evolving is similar to the way i did in my mm. personal collecting so i think you know sometimes it feels like the sky is falling and you know, people in certain markets that maybe held or 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 maybe they just haven't taken that next step. You can kind of see things progress the same way. Like my personal opinion, like you could see the rookies did really well. They were spiking for a few years, and it was insane. The PSA ten base rookies, crazy money. So that's the people getting into the hobby. That's what they want. That's what I want it. And then you can then you see the the rarer rookies start to do big numbers. And then, you know, the shiny stuff, the inserts, and then you move on to the game war, the autographs, stuff like that. So it's it's been really cool to see 
a reflection of of myself within mm. the broader picture. I'd say I don't know. I, there's been a lot of aha moments for me. I mean, it and all of them, like basically a hundred percent of my light bulb moments have been from conversations with other collectors. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's you know, something like our group chat or a phone call with with somebody or going to a local card show or scrolling Instagram, something that just gets gets the gears going. Or, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I can't take credit. I, I don't think for a lot of my my moves, it just takes a village for anything. And, you know, I think that's the best. There, there's plenty of ways to be successful, Brett. There are assholes that are very successful. You can be a success. You can be successful being a jerk and a con artist and a scammer or whatever. But, you know, I, I don't, I think that the, you can just get the most out of this hobby from just being, having a good reputation, being aware of, of what you say, who, who you say it to, how you say something considerate of other people's time, you know, just everything, uh, being complimentative, generous. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I've, I feel like I've met some of my best friends that I've never even seen in person. You know what I mean? Like it's great. It's crazy. It's really amazing. What, like how it's changed my whole life. Really. I mean, I, I, I have people that are in my will literally that I've never seen in person and, and that I, you know, that I've trusted with so many things and, and confided in and everything. So I think that's a big reason why, you know, this whole collecting is here to stay. And I think that, you know, it's, it's funny because I coach teams too. And I, and I give away cards as much as I can. I try to put in, I make these little packs for the cards because it's hard buying packs itself, but I have so much stuff that I'll just put in a Jersey card or an autograph and, and they'll lay it down and pack them in the BGS top, uh, the team bags. Mm-hmm. And I'll just bring a big old uh, grocery bag or whatever and say, pick one. And I tell you what, those kids are just as excited when we were kids in the fifties. I mean, they freaking go bonkers, dude. So I, that engagement and that outreach, and sharing it with your kids and your family. I share it with my friends. I try to talk to it sometimes maybe too much at dinner. And you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like, it takes over sometimes. Your wife's just like, what do you, th- I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're meeting like, we're meeting a coworker and she, and he's, she's like, shut the hell up, up dude. Kicking me under the table. You know? <laughs> so you, uh, you mentioned it takes a village. Um, and I think I agree. And we, you, I want to get into the, group chat a little bit that we're in. And I was thinking about this before we got on. I've bought a card from you that I have in my PC. It sits nice, nicely in there. And think about all the information exchanged um, and just like how much I've learned and leveled up from like being in like, not thinking about the hobby as a whole, but just being very focused amongst a group of people who share in a passion of a, a same player and just all the advantages. Um, like maybe like sh- share some perspective. You collect a lot of different players. I don't know if like your other players you collect, you have similar circumstances like the Peyton Manning group. Um, but like maybe just talk about like your interactions with like people who collect the same player you do and what you learn and like how important that has been for your collecting. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in, I'm in probably two other groups that I'm really heavily involved in group chats. And then another one, 
that I'm slightly involved in um, just because the other ones are more player focused. And then one is more, you know, what they did as individuals. So, so we have the Peyton Manning one, which I said, I, when I did my top 10, I've done, I did my top 10 since my top 10, just to show just how much that showcase and our chat has ignited my blame for collecting Peyton Manning. You know, what I, mean? I feel like the same searches in our Peyton Manning. <laughs> I bought group. five cards, dude. I bought five cards after that. Wait, like yeah. last week alone. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Exactly. I mean, that's you're running to you're running to eat, you know, wherever, like search that card, man. That's beautiful. So it's awesome. So I'm in one chat that's very it's Peyton Manning only, right? I mean, and then I'm in another chat that's focused mostly on hockey. It's all hockey. And it's guys that I've I've kind of newly met, but just looking at their collections and their stories, their thoughts, I was like, they were already in a group chat and I found myself copying and pasting three times. Everything I said and mm. shared, I was copying and pasting. And I found out about their group and I said, Hey, can you let me in? I just copy and paste <laughs> the same thing to all three of you guys. Like, come on, like, can we do this? So I finally got in and uh, it, it's so cool. Cause like it, their, their hockey knowledge it, is it's cool. And they all are fans of different teams and I'm very cap centric. So it's good to know. They watch games. They watch other players. You know, if they're in the West, they're playing more of the West teams. I get to learn some of those players. It's really great. And we've done, you know, a multitude of deals in there, which is awesome. It's cool to keep it in the family. You know what I mean? It's good to know yeah. where these cards are, too. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. some rare stuff comes up. You're like, well, I don't want that going out to La La Land. You know what I mean? Let's keep it close, right? Um, and then I'm in, I'm in another group. That's probably just those, the guys that are like, uh, when I first got into social media, the guy that I made my first two deals with was one guy. Another guy was another pool holes collector that I've known since I've got back in. And another dude is, I call him my card Yoda. I mean, he's like, he's, he's like my nineties inserts guru. The guy that kind of got me into like, Hey, dummy, just, there's other cards besides rookies and, you know, kind of showed me the way and some of that stuff. So it's kind of my three trusted advisors that um, they're all, they all kind of have different skill sets and, and collections, but it's good to get their perspective. And they all kind of are in the hobby in a different way. One's a very casual collector. One does it as his job. Another one, is kind of somewhere in between, you know? So it's really cool to kind of see, you know, sometimes I'll float a price and a card out there. Like, what do you guys think? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Without looking up anything, what's your first impression, you know? So I like getting that type of candid feedback. I mean, I tell them. Is that, is that because that's the value it is for you? Like, that's what it, like what you'd value it as if you were getting rid of it. Well, it's usually when I, after I bought something, yeah. And I'm just because because I take, you know, I buy a lot of really rare cards and I don't always sometimes I buy them just because they're rare. And other times I buy them because I, I, I do know something, you know what I mean, of the card. But it's hard to gauge that stuff. And sometimes I just want to say, hey, I paid, you know, two hundred dollars for this. What do you think? Or, or like or or I won't even say anything. 
without any knowledge at all, what do you think this card would go for? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and yeah. then I, with the, and I sell it sometimes to them. Be like, it's a rare set. Keep, <laughs> keep in mind, it is gold. Okay, you know, so, <laughs> you know. Sometimes I, I, I uh, tip the scales a little bit, but no, no, no doubt about it. Uh, so, like, I want to, I definitely want before we get out of here, I want to make sure I understand this from you, just because I, this is something like just hobby operating how like something i i want to hit on because we all go through it in the hobby and everyone listening but like you know i know i don't know if you played into this but like from afar i watched i knew that there was a bunch of huge hockey cards that went up for auction recently and i imagine that like the these were the types of the scenario where like this is your only shot at some of these cards or one in the next you know 10 years you might get another crack at it so like with when that type of stuff drops, these cards come up that you've wanted or pursued, or you didn't know you want, but you've got time to think about it. You're like, damn, I want this card. Obviously like not everyone's, you know, a millionaire and you got to go back and maybe dip into your PC and figure out what you want to sell. Maybe like talk a a little bit about like your buying and your selling and like how it all works, because I think it all, we all do it differently, but you're someone who's kind of been doing it for a while, high volume in any anything you can kind of shed on your process, I think would, would be helpful. Well, man, I tell you what, that hockey auction too was a great publicity for the sport. And I think that it's a, it's a quickly growing sport and it's, it's more popular than everyone knows, I will say. And it's blown me away how many people are into hockey and how many people are getting into hockey and how international hockey is. So I'm, I'm, very happy because I've been a hockey fan for a really long time and it's just been really awesome and refreshing to see. And, and I've met some awesome people. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that first, as far as selling goes, I mean, you've probably noticed I've been selling some, some big stuff lately. And that is because I'm, I'm making room for a major card that I was able to acquire. Um, that it's going to take me a little bit to pay for. And it's the most I've ever paid for a card by, <laughs> by 10 times about it's, it's about like wow. 10 times as, as much as I've ever paid for a card. I didn't, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I'll just throw up next bid. And like, I probably won't win. Right. But I won, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, Oh fuck. Like, okay. So I'm in that process now. And, and what's justifying it for me, I'm getting rid of a lot of stuff. Thankfully, I had some deep PC stuff that happened to also be valuable, thankfully, that I had duplicates of. That's always a help. I will recommend if you really love a card, buy more of it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like one of the best things I've ever done because I'll get these cards that I love. And if I think they're a good price, I'll buy as many as I can. You know what I mean? Smart. Like, I, I just... Because when it comes down to it, you don't want to sell that card. You love that card. So you have extras you can sell because you believed in that card to begin with. You fell in love with that card to begin with. If you love it, someone else is going to love it. It's like, it, it's going to happen. It's just, we mm-hmm. have similar tastes. And so that's, that plays a big factor, duplicates. Sometimes I'll, I'll look at a card that I, is just way too much and usually out of my budget, which really isn't much. I don't operate with a lot of liquid assets. I use my credit card a lot. I sell to pay off my credit card. And usually mm-hmm. my, my goal is to get my credit card to zero. And then I go buying again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, I never really have a surplus of money. 
it's really just like I buy at zero to build my collection. Um, so that's a big motivation for selling candidly is, is credit cards. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll look at a card and a price and I'll lay out a ton of cards to see what will it take? What sacrifices will be made to acquire this card? And I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll go over it. Same with the, our process of picking 10 shiny Peyton Manning cards. <laughs> yep. You, you set aside cards, you look at them and you pull them back. I can't sell that. Or you put them, you look at your can't sell and you're like, you know what? I can do it. It's just like, what are you willing to, to sell? Because I mean, I don't know. Trading has been one of the best things it, to me with collecting. I love trading. I mean, it's also a huge pain in the ass a lot, especially online, but I do welcome it and love it. It can be tough. But it's, sim- it's simply, if you can sell something for $100 that you can buy something for $100 and you would make that trade, then sell the stuff you have to buy the thing you want. You know, um, So I had to come to that reality recently. Um, and they did have a lot of sacrifices. But at the end of the day, once I'm done paying this off, I think that I'll be happy with the card I got. Uh, you know? It's uh, I'm still kind of losing sleep over it just because I'm thinking about the actual card and the actual financing portion. But I think uh, it's going to be well worth it. And I'm really excited to. When's the when's the unveiling of this Uh, card? Well, I'm about I'm about two thirds away financing it right now. So and I have about about a three month period to pay the whole (laughs) the whole thing. So uh, soon within I would say within a month and a half, I would say. No one ever talks about that, but I think that's pretty normal that it's like we you can't control what's coming to market. Right. It's like and it's we don't have like not all of us have it. We're not just sitting with a ton of cash waiting because we're addicted to the hobby. So exactly. (laughs) We're not waiting. We're making moves and activity. So I think like the punchline there for the audience is like, don't just go run up your credit card and then just keep buying cards. You got you got to be responsible. Like you're going to have to make sacrifices like you said, but like once you acquire that card, like you should have the, it all set aside ahead of time. And it's just making, even though you love the cards, you don't want to get rid of them. You just got to go through it. Right. It's just like, the more you do that and go through that process, the easier it gets. Right. Big time. And you know, when you sell a card, you know, that card better. Now you've had that card, you've bought it, you've held it and you've sold it. You're personally attached to that card forever. Hey, I've had that card before. I know what that could sell for. Or I know, I know how much I paid for that before. So if it's a rare card and it it goes away for a while, you don't have a comp to go buy. You know what you paid. You know what you sold for. So over time, you can reacquire some of those things you made sacrifices for, and then you can make smart decisions based on what you know. And that just takes time. And I think that. I think the hobby is growing. The card shops are busier than I've ever seen. The card shows are busier than I've ever seen. And I think people over time are just, they're just learning. They're just learning. So we're going to go through so many ebbs and flows of, of who has cash and what cards go up and what's popular. And, you know, it's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for the future. I, you know, I know that right now is kind of people are just saying all sorts of things, but. If you compare this to, to what it was 10 years ago, I mean, it's on literally a different planet. You know, I mean, it's gotten so popular. I, I love it. It's awesome. 
let's maybe close it out with this, Paul. I'd love to maybe you've got a wide ranging PC with a lot of different types of players that you collect and cards. Maybe share some of your favorite. And no, it's tough, but like throw out some of your favorite cards in your PC right now and why they're your favorites. Oh man, and I think it's the '90s stuff really, really resonates with me because it was it was stuff that I couldn't ever imagine that I could acquire when I was a kid, when I was opening packs and just getting base card after base card. And I'd say my favorite cards probably ever are credentials, essential credentials. I don't even know how I acquired the amount of EX cards that I have because I know I couldn't afford that as a kid. My primary card buying was from 7-Eleven and uh, Toys R Us, you know? And the EX packs were like 10 bucks a pack. I know I always bought value even in packs. You know what I mean? Like I liked Bowman paper because it had all the rookies. You know what I mean? Like it had the red and then the blue were the rookies. So I think some of my favorite cards are actually, you know, the credentials. I have a Manning credentials, Mm. a Pujols credentials, Breeze credentials, rookies. Well, I don't have a Manning rookie, but all the the credentials, uh, the Breeze rookie credentials, the Ichiro rookie credentials the pool holes equivalent uh, and then all the hockey credentials that I have, the hall of famers, the, the Ovechkin's Crosby's Lemieux, everything. So those are probably my absolute favorite just because I remember having those base cards as a kid and binder after binder thinking the base cards were cool. And then knowing that there was some unicorn out there, just really blew my mind. You know what I mean? Cause e- even just, it was, it was like a, a fable that they didn't even exist. So yeah. And I love shiny stuff. I, 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 I lean towards non-auto non game used shiny stuff, but I've really grown into game worn things lately. Even I haven't gotten into the autos as much. I even like just the cards with the game worn stuff. I don't know why the autos I'll get there. I know I will. I'm with you, man. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, <laughs> dude, I, it was like a whole nother world for me. And I, especially, especially the Manning chat. It's like everyone, there's so many patch collectors in there and people who love it. It just never really interests me. And then I was like, Oh, let me start exploring some of these older, not like the flawless and tier exquisite stuff, but some of these other things like, certified and like yep. and, and the more you, i've dug into that i'm like this like you want to talk about va- value buying stuff yeah. it's like <laughs> it's like these cards are cool they're numbered they're game it's just like check yeah. check i'm like okay i get it now you know? absolutely <laughs> and and that's why i took off with ovetkin I, I i don't have as many mannings as i want and it, and it went up like by the time i kind of caught up it had already taken off. And now I just feel like I'm one step behind with Manning in that regard. But I, I got ahead on Ovechkin, thankfully. So I have some really, really cool, like it, part of his captain patch or mm. like I have, a, I have two shields of his, two and a half shields of his. So I have a single shield with an auto one-on-one and I have a, a shield with Braden Holpe, which was our Vesna Trophy Cup winning goalie, who it was awesome. And then I have one from, it's like a partial shield patch with other, you know, game-worn pieces. Um, but it tells you exactly what game it was from. And it was actually the year they won the cup. So those have become just like some of my favorite stuff that I didn't even, and that's when I talk about the evolution of like where things are too. I mean, look at some of these patches, what they're doing now. And I don't, I don't think it would have done that, you know, a few years ago. So 
that's cool to see. It is. We covered a lot of ground. Um, I think everyone's going to really enjoy this conversation. You can find him on Instagram at Wordle Combat. He's out, just check his stories. He's always got something going on there. There's always some bangers. I enjoy following his page. Paul, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. I um, really enjoyed this one, man. Uh, we'll have to catch you back in the Manning group chat. I'm sure there'll be some banter about something. And actually, we're probably got to prepare for that. You know, next top 10 people are going to start to do that. But really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Paul is someone I could just talk to forever about cards, the hobby, operating, sharing stories. Go follow him at Wordle Combat on Instagram. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back. More stacking slabs next week. Yeah.